welcome to another episode of Novel Not New, a True End podcast. It's a show where we pick a new visual novel or old visual novel uh, each month and uh, play it through together and discuss it like a book club. I'm Jennifer Uncle, and joining me as always, we have M. Hi. And uh, Six. Hello, hello. And uh, before we start with our main topic today, I thought we'd do something a little bit different and uh, discuss the if if we've had any sort of other visual novels or games like that we've been playing on the side, we could go ahead and discuss them. And uh, I I don't know whether I should start or Six should start because I know that the two of us had them. I had one of those, but I don't know whether M had one as well. I've barely been playing video games the last month, so... Hell yeah. Yeah, that's very Living fair. Living the dream. <laughs> um, I can go first, because um, I have been playing uh, Mystic Messenger, um, and, like, this isn't like a, oh, I've been playing Mystic Messenger lately, right? This is like a, I've been playing Mystic Messenger for about six months, because that's how Mystic Messenger do, Um I would have loved to do, like, a long time ago, I was like, man, I'd love to do Mystic Messenger for this show. I hear cool things about it. And then I looked into Mystic Messenger, and I was like, oh, I can never do Mystic Messenger for this show. Because it is uh, it is a visual novel on the phone um, where it takes place over real time, basically. Um, the concept is that you, um, as, as, the, as the player, you download an app. And then you accidentally get transported into a, like a private chat room full of hot boys and one girl who are attempting to basically organize a charity party. Um, and you like hang out with them and, you know, get to know them and blah, 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 you know, basically visual novel stuff. Um, but as such, you know, like it'll happen, you don't know, like at set times will happen based on, you know, what what arc you're going through but it's like oh it's 233 so this chat occurs where like these two characters pop on and talk about this event and like you can miss it if you're not there you still get to see that conversation but you don't get to participate um and so if you're once you get used to it it's fine because you learn how much you can miss and it's not that big a deal but it's it's really anxiety inducing at first, because you're just like, oh my god, I have to, I have to be up at fucking, you know, 1.30 a.m. Because I don't want to miss this chat room. Um, and then also, it just takes forever. Because you're going through these, like, it takes 11 real-time days for every route. And there are multiple routes. And yeah, it just, it just takes forever. But um, there's some really cool writing in it there's some really cool characterization and stuff and i'm having a really interesting time with it because it seems like at first it's just this like okay they've got this chat room timing gimmick and you know you get some fun like chat dynamics but then you get into the characterization and the game is really ultimately about um dealing with damaged people who've been like who are coping with abuse in one way or another To avoid Mystic Messenger spoilers, please skip to nine minutes in your podcast. Um, everybody's kind of messed up, and it takes, and they're not all like bad people because of it, right? Like one person is just like really like has really low self worth, and she's really nice, but it's just like oh she she doesn't understand her own worth because she was treated really badly, 
or one person um like was treated badly at home and ran away from home and is now a huge narcissist um so it's interesting in that you you sort of uncover the ways in which these people are damaged and you don't fix them um but you you sort of learn how to work with that and and sort of in a way try and try and get them to work with it as well yeah that's that's mystic messenger is definitely a game that i've heard a lot about from you and i would love to look more into it at some point but the prospect of uh having to stay on the ball when it comes to answering these chat messages or paying so i can temporarily freeze it i think that's how it works um uh the way it works is that if you've missed a chat room you can pay to uh like you can pay a small amount to participate in it and also since it's it's a free-to-play game so like you can earn the currency by just playing the game but you know yeah that that stuff all sounds really interesting it's just one of those situations where the idea that it's focused around this real-time mechanic gives me a lot of anxiety and the fact that I could potentially miss something and it would force me into a bad ending would really take the wind out of my sails if I actually played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, I am at a point where I am intentionally grabbing bad endings because I've done, um, so there are, at first there are, uh, like, let me think, six characters? five characters there first there are five characters um that you can access um there's sort of the, there's the casual story which you do first which has three characters then there's deep story which has two more characters um and i've done all of them and they've gotten their good endings and now i'm doing their bad endings because what's left to do is um the another story which is stupid expensive to unlock frankly um it's not, I guess, that bad if I were to pay the money. It would probably be like $15, probably. Um, but I don't want to do that. So using free-to-play currency, I just have to grind out a bunch of bad ends and, and stuff to get currency. Um, but, like, I don't know, you start to get more into the um, the other side of this. Because the, the one thing that, um, at this point, I will give a, a, a spoiler warning. Um, for the game, because the whole sort of concept is that this 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 charity party was originally founded by a, a lady named Rika, um, and then she passed away, um, and so the parties haven't happened because she hasn't been there to sort of help everyone pull together and make the parties happen. And so when they show up, it's like, oh great, you can be the new like person helping us make these parties happen. Um, and the further you get into the, the deeper parts of the story, you realize that Rika uh, is a fucking nightmare person. Um, first of all, she's not dead. Uh, she faked her own death to go create a cult. Um, she was extremely manipulative to a lot of the cast. And it sort of just goes and goes and goes. And you learn how how behind the scenes there's a lot of really messed up shit going on. Yeah, that- it, it does sound like a lot. <laughs> it's definitely a lot. Uh, there's there's a point where um, there one of the characters who you can in the in the route I haven't unlocked yet. You can you can pursue him. His name is V. Um, 
with him there's a moment where he's like like you in most roots you find out like oh he's he's partially blind that's weird um and he was in love with rika and you find out that uh rika basically like he he would always tell rika listen you know no matter what you do no matter what you say no matter what you are i will always love you and that drove rika crazy to the point where she was like okay well if you love me so much then i can just do whatever i want to you and she threw ass in his face and blinded him uh some some weird shit in this game <laughs> yikes yeah you know give, give him the old two-face i guess yeah so uh, what about you jen what have you been playing so like you i've been dumping a ton of hours into one specific uh visual novel in addition to the other stuff i've been doing but uh in this case it's less of a real-time thing and more that i didn't really know what i was getting into when i started it it's uh it's called umineko when they cry or umineko when the seagulls cry and uh it's this eight chapter visual novel and i i just completed chapter two and that took me 35 hours to get there so it's pretty massive but yeah you you start to understand why it's that size when you get into it because well i'm gonna have to spoil a few things but considering it's only the first two chapters i feel like that's okay especially since i need some of that to explain what it actually is to avoid umeneko spoilers please jump to 1345 in your podcast so you start off as this uh teenager um who's part of this rich family um your name's battler and it's the it's mid-1980s you're going to your family conference for the first time in six years it's held on this remote island called rokunjima where the main family lives of sorts. And every year they basically come there to... All of the family members come there to fight over who's getting the inheritance when their dad, Kinzo, eventually dies. This time, things are going a bit differently because Kinzo's using this opportunity to hold a ceremony of sorts, which he believes will bring back uh, this golden witch named Beatrice. So, the very first chapter of the game is mostly you on this island. Things start taking a turn for the worse, which, by which I mean people start dying in incredibly violent ways. And the whole time you're, you're trying to figure out with the rest of your cousins, okay, who's doing this? At the end of the very first chapter, everyone dies. And it kind of pans out to reveal that... um you're all hanging out in the afterlife and Beatrice, the golden witch is also there. And she wants to take you all to this place called golden land, but she can't do that unless everyone, unless everyone admits that her power is real and that she's basically a witch and battler being a very doe eyed sort of, I want to believe in everyone, but I won't believe in you sort of situation. He, he locks himself into a Phoenix Wright style courtroom game with uh, the Switch, where they're continue. What appears to be happening is they're continuously resetting the island and what happened on it, so that she can continuously be like, "Okay, 
here's a here's a locked room and here's the people that died in it. I claim that no other way I mean that there's no other way to kill these people in this situation unless I did it because I have magic powers. And he has to spend his whole time doing his best to disprove it. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in and it's kind of fun because the witch Beatrice is so condescending and spiteful with the way that she acts towards Battler. Like the very first in the very first chapter, everyone I mean the people the first six that died died in ways that kind of covered what their faces looked like. So Battler used that opportunity to be like, okay, no, these people you can't prove that these people actually died because you can't identify them. So in the second round, she kills them in a much more gruesome way, but she's like, see, battler, I left their faces. You can't disprove that they're actually them. And it's this intense back and forth, and it seems to only be escalating, and I'm wondering where it can go because it's only two chapters out of an eight-chapter game. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure wherever it goes... Um... I I can't I I can't be coy here. I know where it goes. Because <laughs> uh, I uh, my my elder sister uh, ba- barely has time to play game. Basically, actually doesn't have time to play games anymore because of uh, taking care of children. But uh, watches a lot of of let's plays, um, and she has watched all of of Umeneko and has talked to me about it. And so I I know where it goes, and um, you know. Like, I know you sort of like you've already buckled up, but you might want an extra seatbelt or two. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the game is legitimately scary. Like they don't they don't show much of the actual gruesome parts, but they are very descriptive, and they sure love showing people's faces twisting into "Oh, hey, this is actually a terrible person" sort of situation, mm. and. The degree to which their faces morph actually, at one point, gave me nightmares. Specifically with one of the little girl characters. But, yeah. That's that's probably enough of that. Why don't we talk about the main thing we're here for today? <laughs> Alright. So, we're here to discuss Why Am I Dead at Sea? Which is a game that released in May 11, 2015. It was... Um, it was made by Peltas Software. It's around five or six hours. And the basic gist of it is you see a few images flash before your eyes and you, you wake up as a ghost. And a kid descri- a kid basically is like, oh, hey, what's up? You're dead, by the way. And I think it'd be useful for both of us to figure out exactly how and why that happened. And maybe who you are in the process. And that sets off a journey where you're spying, investigating, possessing, and using your ghost powers to figure out what happened and potentially um, prevent a massive catastrophe from happening. So I recommended this game um, because I played it in uh, 2017, and it was one of my games of the year for that year. Because I, I was, it was like number nine or ten, but um, I, I was very, very fond of it. Um, 
how like how is everybody else's experience uh m you've been you've been very quiet how have you found this game uh so i like mysteries and i like rpg maker games i'm not sure how much i like those two things put together uh but part of that is because i had a terrible time with this game glitching me through walls and making me reload my save um I probably lost like in total like an hour and a half of progress in this game uh, by constantly going up the stairs to the next floor and now I'm off the map and can't get back on the map and turning into a ghost doesn't help and it was just a frustrating experience. Um, Hmm. As for like the actual game part, uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, One like in a scenario like this where it's a very small space, uh, I think the realities of like the map design of rpg maker games kind of show their rough edges in that like uh i would really like a fast travel up to like the third floor from the bottom floor uh like if this had like a persona 3 portable style interface i feel like my opinion of it would be fonder but also that probably mean that would have less glitches so might be informed by that um but as like an actual mystery game uh i thought it was really good um it's like a small cast and most of them are uh reasonably interesting and i like the ways in which each character has their own mechanics i wish the game used that a little more but yeah uh, that part's uh maybe the best part of this uh but yeah i i was mostly fond of it yeah um when you end up possessing people halfway each one of them has their own sort of uh ability and some of them are downright useless like if you're possessing Ferdinand you can hit a button and tell jokes over the intercom and then other ones are kind of like uh Quella's where she can intuit how people are feeling when they're talking to them by their tone of voice and uh yeah overall I thought that those mechanics made it all pretty interesting I didn't have as many glitches as M but there was a point where I lost maybe 10 to 20 minutes because I I hadn't been saving regularly and suddenly at some point, I don't know how I triggered this, but uh, when I went up to talk to people, the talk button just wasn't working. They hmm. they turned around at me and looked at me, but they wouldn't respond. And I had to reload and suddenly things were working. But yeah, it, at, at some point, it's a game that um, I kind of looked up a walkthrough for just to make sure that I wasn't accidentally well I wasn't accidentally locking myself into any sort of unwinnable state because that walkthrough does mention at, from time to time um try not to do this specific action because that's when that's when my game mostly glitched out so I tried to follow tips like that yeah the bugginess of the game is definitely a, a big bummer um on this playthrough um i didn't i encountered one bug um which was with um there's a point with i'm trying to remember who um i think it's with quella um you're trying to you're you, you talk to donovan no it's with it's it's with zoo with zoo you're like uh like donovan i need to go talk to you in your room and donovan's like okay let's go and he would like take 10 steps and then stop and i have to go talk to him and have the conversation over again he'd take another 10 steps and then stop um, which was pretty strange. Um, I think it was because at one point he got body blocked and it just sort of broke his pathfinding for the rest of the thing. I kept having to rehab the conversation. 
Um, but yeah, like there are my first time through, there were times like I would go see a cutscene while I was possessing the cat and that would just break everything. Um, there, there are definitely some, some, I, I, I haven't heard of it being as bad as you had it. M. that's, that's, I, that's the first I've heard of it being that bad, but it's definitely not a, a, a super stable game. There are definitely some, some bugs in there. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I'm curious, um, what your feelings were is like, I don't know. I feel like the, the, um, the mystery of who you are, um, is not like, I don't know that they handle it as satisfyingly. Like the general mystery of what's happening on the ship, I think is really cool. And I want to talk about that, but the mystery of like, at first you're like, oh, I don't have any memories. Who am I? Um, I feel like that's a mystery that doesn't like, it's just like you pretty quickly figure out like, oh, I must be the captain. And then from there it's like, okay, you don't really learn that much of, of note about the captain. The thing that's weird about that is that the rest of the game, you just ask everyone what they thought about the captain. And like in this very like overwrought way where it's meant to be very poignant that this character you've never met and you don't really, that barely has a personality other than I guess she was nice, but a little rough, uh, to some people uh is like oh it's very sad that you're dead and like ghost trick exists and you can't compete uh (laughs) so this like as like a major subplot like it was like i was like oh it must be the captain because it's the only character i've run into and then it draws that out and then you're asking everyone what they felt about the captain compulsively uh, as if the cap the ghost of the captain was possessing everyone and making them ask uh but in a way that like isn't meant to be like parody but that's definitely how it felt uh i definitely mm. think it's the weakest part of all of this mm-hmm. uh well maybe second weakest <laughs> yeah the one of the things tied into that uh i feel like there wasn't any satisfying denouement with uh paulo and you once things are start are coming to a close or wrapping up i feel like that would have smoothed out some of the issues with the captain's identity being this blank slate wishy-washy situation of oh she's just nice but pretty much once everything kicks into high gear you don't really get any moments with Paulo again mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point like having having a scene where you're like hey i figured out who i am and it i don't know there's still just murders going on he's and him being like yeah i mean you know do you think that would change the fact that you're dead i mean like it's good that you have some answers but also the answers aren't going to answer very much um something like that um, I didn't get the like best ending. Is there any resolution with the Apollo stuff at all in that? Um, like you and him, or like like his fate? W- why he why he's here as like a kid who sees ghosts? Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, like you have his initial reason, which is like he's um like his his he's pretty like you can get some like background details by like interacting with various things. Where basically like his he's pretty distant from his parents. And so mm-hmm. he goes to like a, a distant boarding school and he's on a boat going back home. Okay. Cause at first I thought he was like a, not also going to be not a real character or like a ghost himself. And none of that just turns out now he's just a boy in this room that nobody ever talks to. Yeah. He's just, he's just kind of a weird kid. Yeah. Weird, nice kid. So yeah, th- there's no final scene with him. Like the rest of the characters get, He's in, in fact, you don't even see him 
on the boat pier, I don't think, when everything's said and done. He's just... Well, it's because he's, he's in the hospital. Oh, true, yeah. Point. <laughs> Good point. He's in bad shape. Um, yeah. So there are multiple endings to this game um, based on basically like how much of the mystery you can un- like figure out. Um, so the central mystery itself, like how compelling did, did folks find it to sort of to, to go through? For the most part, at the beginning, it. I wasn't too. I wasn't too aware that it would start to go like that, where there would be multiple people that started to become missing. I figured the initial setup was just okay. There's a single murderer who took me out, and everything's probably just going to be smooth sailing unless I shake things up and figure out what's going on and uncover the actual killer. At some point, when Donovan ended up going on his rampage through the rooms with the master key that he stole, and um, he ends up finding the secret compartment near the um, top of the ship, and he just gets freaking shot by someone, um, that was when it started to go into high gear for me in a situation that was like, okay, this is actually a grimmer game than I expected, and... From there, it kind of spirals down into finding out exactly what's underneath the ship, and it's pretty grimy. That that whole sequence with Donovan actually is, near the end, is... It's a lot. Like, there's no way to stop yeah. specific things from happening, and they happen every time, and they're very dark. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that all that stuff was pretty interesting. I, I do feel like... I do feel like there was... There, there wasn't too much of a satisfaction about the unmasking, but I don't think that there was supposed to be. Like, it's not supposed to be one of those dramatic, oh, my face is going to contort now and I'm going to tell you why I'm a real motherfucker before I get shot or taken into custody. It's one of those situations where the, the persons involved are very much sticking to their story until the very end and are... Not going to be like, oh yeah, by the way, haha, I, I love doing this sort of thing. Did you get the best ending? That's the one where both of them are found out and um, everyone just goes to the pier, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, it was hard to tell that it was the best ending at first because Donovan <laughs> yeah. still shoots himself, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, like, Ferdinand does pretty much fess up in that one, Um it's. I feel like part of it, part of the the like the lack of, of satisfaction, is very intentional, though. Where let's like, I mean, like, uh, you know, Donovan's there chasing a serial killer, and the serial killer turns out to be Ferdinand. Um, and Ferdinand's just like, like once he gets caught, he's like, oh yeah, I guess he caught me. Yeah, I like killing people. Like, what? Am I? Do you want me to feel bad? I don't. And it's just like, that's kind of. It's like he's he's such a messed up person that it's like you're not going to have this moment of him like breaking down and, and and like you know asking for forgiveness or something he's just like yeah no this is what i do um and i i i found that a more effective for for the story they were trying to tell totally uh so how far did you get before before things just just completely went to shit em 
Well, like I said, I, I got to the end of this game. For some reason, I could not figure out how to get... Because I ended up looking at guides because I was like, I keep getting the same ending here, which is the... I, I could get the serial kill ending. I could get the bad ending where everyone gets shot. Um, mm-hmm. But I couldn't figure out, uh, like, the other part of it, which is, like, the human trafficking plot. And for some reason, mm-hmm. I couldn't get the piece of evidence uh, that you have to say that Marcuccio is feeding people um, down below. Do not know how to trigger that. Never figured it out. So I couldn't get that part of the ending, like that ending or the good ending, because you need that evidence to oh. pull it all together. Yeah, I mean, not that, you know, obviously it's too late, but um, you have to, as as someone else you're, I think, fully controlling, you go into the, um, well, no, so actually there are two steps. First, as as Mercutio, as Mercurio, not Mercutio, um, you sort of investigate the fridge and the cupboard yeah. um, to, to find the notes, and then as someone else... You go look at them now that you know they're there, and then confront him them about them. Okay, I confronted about the fridge. I get. I must have not seen the cupboard one. Yeah, I think you have to. You have to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there it is. Um, I I think you also need to, as Donovan knows, notice all of the holes that are going through the ship to the bottom. Yeah, I think that's that's also probably. I mean, there's there's a bunch of stuff, but if that's the one step, then that, I think that's. I think that's step. probably the one step I'm missing. Because uh, I think I had everything else. Uh, my main... So, like, the mystery is presented, like, who killed the captain, but also the ship is smaller than it should be, which is, like, a really evocative thing when you, like, start exploring. And, like, oh, there's, like, another... There's more parts of this ship that the captain was finding out about. Um, but then the, like, left turn into Donovan's a, like, retired espionage agent who has footage of everyone, I thought was, like, really out of like the tone of the rest of the game like someone's cool spy oc showed up and disrupted <laughs> what was like a like locked room mystery basically um and i thought the donovan stuff was mostly really poorly handled like him coming at the end and demanding the answer and then shooting everyone and himself who he finds culpable i thought like drifted this into like i like new grounds edgelord flash game territory in a way I mm. found uh, a little off-putting, considering I really liked the rest of it. I don't know. I, f- I mean, for, for I mean, personally, I felt like, um, I mean, they, they established pretty early, like, one of the first abilities you get is the ability to, like, sort of read people's, like, minds, get, like, surface yes. thoughts and, like, a tone. Um, and I feel like the two ones that make the strongest first impression are um, Gwen who is like you're you're like oh, she just walks around and she doesn't talk and you're like oh, okay and then you read her thoughts like okay this lady is freaking out um and then there's also Donovan who's like oh he's also walking around and being kind of rude and not talking to everyone and you investigate him it's like oh he is so angry he's about to kill somebody yeah um and i feel like the way things play out is kind of just like honestly paying that off because like him just like him just being an agent investigating everything it's like all he really does i mean the camera stuff is is a little is a little you know but otherwise it's like okay he's just opening rooms with a master key anyone could do that um and it's not really paying off the part where he's just like so 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 pissed um so just sort of the ending where it's like i feel like i liked both the pressure and also just the culmination of his anger where he's like i'm going to find out who did this and i'm going like i'm like and they shot me so I'm really not fucking here for it. Um, I guess at that point he also assumes he's going to bleed to death or something. Um, and he's like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to kill them no matter what it takes. Yeah. Um, 
I, I guess I appreciated that personally. Yeah, I think for me, it's just like the whole denouement in the hold underneath the ship, I think is like, feels very rushed and very like, oh, well, we're out of stuff to do. So put together the pieces and we're out. Um, there's just a very like not to me, not satisfying like, I mean, Jen talked about this, but I think it's more in just the structure of how it's revealed, like sitting around and possessing everyone to present the evidence to solve the crime. When when I went into that hold, I did not feel like I had the evidence to put together the crime. And the scene is not about like finding the answer in the same way, like a, the, the end of like a Phoenix Wright case is or something. Um, I just ended up feeling like the game was asking me to make leaps that it had not asked before and felt outsized from the rest of the game. Especially since it, oh, if you flail long enough, he just shoots everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the way that you go about revealing information is really weird too, because you're not really, you're not coaxing confessions out of people so much as well. You're doing some of that, but you're mostly straight up possessing people and saying, "Here is what I found. Here is what I know," and having another character straight up admit guilt but only through actually possessing them fully and having the words come out of their mouth yeah i mean it is like it now that i think about it i hadn't before but like the fact that like for example zoo won't say what she's learned about the mystery unless you possess her and have her say it it's like she's got a gun pointed at her she'd probably just say it (laughs) uh yeah no that is a little clumsy now that i think about it yeah, and Gwen having figured out that um, she had inadvertently told Ferdinand some information that he wouldn't have known otherwise, um, that that feels like something that she would have brought up, especially if you watch the other endings, where she goes up to either Ferdinand or Garv and basically goes, you're, you're like that other person, aren't you, too? I, I knew that you're wrong somehow. And that stuff never really comes to the surface at the at the showdown unless you make her say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more that like the the structure of that showdown is a little a little messy for sure. I did like the way that the characters themselves have sort of like a inverse arc of suspicion to them in a way like that that's a fairly common thing in mysteries but your ability to essentially scan any of these people and figure out how they're feeling or what their basic thoughts are can lead you down some pretty um misleading roads yes obviously donovan is the most suspicious and you feel weird about gwen but you get little subtle things like if you go talk as if you go as Quella to talk with uh, Daryl, um, there's nothing bad that he's hiding per se. He's just he's been through a whole lot, and he keeps it buried pretty deep inside. And that became one of the more interesting arcs for me, where y- using these other people's abilities, you slowly figure out that his his wife essentially took her own life, and he feels so guilty about it that he's considering doing the same thing yeah his character ability i feel like is one of the ones that's the most like depressingly illustrative because like you know it's just with everyone you hit like c or k depending you know however you want to hold your 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 keyboard 
um, and they use their character ability, and a lot of them, like, they'll be like, oh, here's what my character ability does, and Daryl doesn't do that. Um, you just select him, and you're like, okay, and you hit his character ability, and you just see a quick animation of his hand going into his pocket and then coming up to his head, and the screen turns really fuzzy, and he can walk a little faster. It's like, oh, he's popping pain pills. Oh, buddy. Yeah. It's... It's extremely depressing once you figure out exactly what that does. And also, he's given a slower default walk speed than everyone else. So it kind of adds to that sensation of him being a very muted, buried person because he doesn't really have... It's it's difficult for him to deal with the reality around him, more or less, because of how painful it's been. And meanwhile, for Gwen, who's super suspicious, you have... The ability to look within the keyholes, which I guess isn't really... I guess that's something that everyone could do, but since she's the only one that feels predisposed enough to mistrust the whole situation around her, that's something that she's more willing to do than everyone else. Also the most busted ability in the game, because the rules of the game are that uh, as a ghost, you can only go places that you've seen while possessing someone. And with looking through keyholes, you can go basically anywhere as soon as you possess Gwen for the first time. Yeah, that that felt like a bit of a design shortcut, but I, I totally get that. Like, at some point they realized, oh wait, there's no natural way that every character is going to be able to go into every single room. So here's something we can use to get you into the captain's room. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's a little... It's a little all at once um so were there any other characters that that stood out to folks i i felt a lot for quella who um and initially you're introduced to her as uh, someone who's on the ship trying to write a novel but isn't getting anywhere with it so of course since she's the one that um she's the one that thinks a lot from a fictional standpoint she's better at reading people so you can hit a button with her and she can see where their emotions are through very illustrative text like the when someone's really when someone's really downcast and not really saying much bottling it up it's great text that you can barely read donovan's is red and shaking but uh yeah after talking with her a few times and Looking into her situation, you find out that she's been diagnosed with cancer and only has a few months to live. So she's spending that time getting to know other people and also doing her best to create something, anything, before she eventually dies. Yeah, I uh, I, I definitely, I found her really um, relatable in, in a way because I... I am also trying to, I also just want to write a book before I die. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm also having a hard time with it. She's, she obviously has, has a, has a much harder deadline than I do. And I don't know. She's, she just uh, across the whole story. She's the most like, like empathetic, like kind person. Um, and it's really, it's, it's, you both come to like her in a mechanical sense because she has the most like useful dialogue because she just talks to people and it's great. Um, but also she just seems like the, definitely the coolest person on the boat. Yeah. She gets the most satisfying conclusion too. Like, um, when, when everything's said and done, at least in the true ending, um, 
and you're on the pier with well, she's on the pier with Daryl. Um, she ends up being like, "Hey, do you want to stick together? Both of us are in pretty dire situations right now." And she's using that as a way to reach out to Daryl in a kind of non-traditional way, where she's like, "I think that both of us, both of us are going nowhere, and it'd be better if we went nowhere together." And she makes him promise that he won't die before her. And it's this it it's this sort of bittersweet moment where you can see two people's relationship forming together and through a common sense of, well, if we have someone else in our life, maybe things will turn out slightly differently or things will be slightly happier before we end up doing anything or before time runs out. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Zoo and the early stuff with her and Alton. Uh, I think that relationship is uh, like surprisingly down to earth and relatable. Uh, and like the idea of this thief that half, half the people on board seem to know she's a thief and don't seem particularly upset about it. Um, just uh, as she goes around and collects stuff out of everybody's rooms and also is the waitress uh, suffering on the ship, I think is really good characterization. I think she's an interesting character. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they go into some detail about how she's here because she was studying and she was studying abroad, essentially, and flunked out of school. And she didn't really feel like she could go back to her family because they gave so much to give her that chance. So she took the first job she could that, um, she, she took the first job she could that she didn't need to really show any identification or, um, anything like that in order to work at. But the job doesn't pay nearly enough for her to get out of this crummy situation. So she does what she can. She she does what she can, stealing, and uh, she clearly doesn't feel great about it, but she's she's pretty firm about, hey, this is really the only way that I can get out of this situation. And you don't really know what you're talking about when you say, oh, it'd be so easy for you to just continue working this job and at, at this pay rate and not steal anything. It it does this good job of of cementing how trapped she is in the situation, mm-hmm. and I also really like the the like the as you mentioned the relationship between her and Alton, where at first it's like she's kind of like friendly with with Alton, and Alton's like, oh great, this like cute girl seems to be into me, and then once Alton figures out that she's been stealing and confronts her about it, she's like, okay, listen, yes, I've been playing you. <laughs> everyone else is here because we don't have any other option you're a fucking rich kid on vacation fuck off <laughs> it's like yes thank you <laughs> uh the amount of like hurt he is by it is like played as like almost comedy and i really like that part i think it's very good <laughs> yeah there's a conversation you can have as donovan uh with with alton this is like completely optional you don't need to have it but it, you, um alton's the 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 ship dj and he's hanging out in the observation room and no one ever wants to go because why the fuck would they um as donovan if you go on there 
and you're he's like oh have you come to check out the observation room you can be you can i believe the line is i'd rather scoop my eyes out with a rusty spoon and alt and alton says ha that's a good joke and then your line can be can you literally not tell when someone is insulting you to your face and he says uh, uh i'm sorry and you're like bye <laughs> uh what a dweeb <laughs> yeah I did kind of sort of find Garv's uh, arc a bit interesting, even if his, even if the big reveal is, he goes from, oh, hey, here's these pets I keep around on the ship, and people kind of chew me out over it, but I have to do something to get away from my wife, ha ha ha. And it's slowly, you slowly find out more and more little things like, oh, he's really angry at his coworkers right now. Oh, he thinks that how... He thinks about how much better his life would be if they were completely dead. And eventually you find out that it's more than... It's more than the pets that he's... It's more than pets that he's keeping around on the ship when he's not supposed to. It's that whole compartment at the bottom where people are being smuggled for trafficking. Yeah, you get kind of the gradual reveal that, like, his... He he doesn't... He's not just like, oh, he's not just a pet person. He's got a general resentment of people um and so it's sort of like oh like keeping pets is kind of part of his his psychological way of getting control and yeah he's got some he's got some dark shit going on yeah yeah he's kind of like the he's kind of like the opposite version of uh ferdinand's disguise because ferdinand's way of Ferdinand is basically the person in every sort of cruise or any sort of uh, public event that you don't want to be around at all because he's telling a bunch of terrible jokes. He's making Jaws references. He's doing his best to be cheery and upright and be like, okay, everyone, let's have fun together. So, of course, he's the one that's also a serial killer. And there's this... It does feel kind of totally out of place because the rest of the game is, the rest of the game is so dark, and he is kind of, he feels like a bit too comically. Oh, of course he's the killer, and then he is the killer situation. But uh, it, it is interesting how his is more. I try and get everyone to go away f- to keep away from me by being super, by being over the top, friendly, and uh, jokey and amicable. While Garves is just. Oh yeah, I'm this kind of old man who keeps pets around, and I'll freely let people, I'll freely let people into my room so they can check out my pets. But I clearly have other things going on because that's what I'm using to. He's basically using his general. Oh hey, I'm just a person to push away suspicion. Uh, any other stuff that people wanted to wanted to spotlight? It was kind of interesting how over time there was this secondary situation where the more you found out about yourself, the more fully formed you appeared as a ghost. Like you start out at this game as a little flickering flame, and over time you take on more of a shape until you're straight up a transparent person that's floating around. And you can try and talk to people in these various situations and their increased reactions of, like, initially, when you're starting to be more visible, they're like, did I see something? Uh, it must have been my imagination. But then when you're 
a full-on ghost and you try and talk to people, they kind of freak out for a second before compartmentalizing it and going, oh no, that definitely wasn't anything. Like a few people see their dead relatives, one of them's like, okay, I don't know what I just saw, but I'm certain that it wasn't actually a thing, so I'm just going to keep walking. The, the most, like, uh, like, at once you think about it, kind of, like, messed up one is with Ferdinand. With Ferdinand, he's, like, he's always making, you know, weird jokes. And so he says, like, he's like, oh, hello, ghost. It's like, it's out, except I don't actually believe in ghosts, so I must be having a psychotic break. Man, I hate it when I have those. It's like, aha. And you're like, oh, wait, no, he's a serial killer. He probably actually does have those all the time. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh it's it's a lot um yeah i don't know the honestly i am uh a little the with the format uh why am i dead at sea of this title i was like oh okay so there's gonna be like why am i dead on an airplane why am i dead in a meadow you know like there's gonna be a <laughs> bunch of these like no there super isn't there is an original flash game just called why am i dead um which is much shorter um and then there's this. And I want more. I like this game a lot. I would like it to be less buggy. Um, but, you know, this, like the more you make games, presumably the better you get at making them. Um, so they can probably work that out. Um, I, I would really like another one of these games. I like this game a lot. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty easily digestible amount of time. Um, the writing was strong throughout. Um I enjoyed the art style, even if the way that it goes at the end kind of tends towards more graphic sort of, oh, hey, here's a bunch of people with their heads being blown off by this gun sort of situation. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, overall, I'd, I'd love to see another one of these or whatever else this uh, developer has made. So I'll definitely, I'll definitely be doing some research after this to see if they're working on anything else. Closing thoughts, Em? Uh, no, I, I think I'm good. I th the one thing I kind of was hoping that the game would do, and it didn't, and it's fine, it's not actually a complaint, is I feel like at some point people should have start started asking questions about every once in a while the people that they know come up to them with way different questions and demeanor constantly asking about the captain and how you felt about the captain and what do you think happened to the captain and what should we do in the situation? Uh in very like why did you become a cop you were a thief three minutes ago ways <laughs> um, yeah everyone's a cop deep down uh the the awareness <laughs> of the ghost i think would have been a, an interesting addition to this game uh because mm. i feel like it's very obvious that th when people are fully possessed uh they just act very differently <laughs> yeah yeah no, that's i mean like especially characters like like gwen it's like huh you seem to be not like terrified of everything all the time this is a change <laughs> yeah no that's a fair point yeah there is also that's sort of awkwardness where if you think about it um there are situations where to get certain information you have to pull two people into a different room than they'd usually sit at and for a few seconds they'll stand there when you unpossess them until they start walking off so you have to do a bit of ghost corralling where you possess people and get them into the right position it would have been funny if one of the characters was like, wait, why am I here? Why am I continuously being pushed back to this place? What's going on? 
on the other hand, there's one point where you, um, to get the best ending, you have to have um, Mercurio talk to um, Gwen when Gwen's tied up. And that was fucking annoying because Mercurio kept trying to walk away and Gwen obviously couldn't move. And I was like, listen, I don't want to hear any smart quips. Just fucking stand there so we can have this conversation. <laughs> so did we get any questions uh, for this one? No, if people wanted to send in questions, you can do that at podcast at abnormalmapping.com. They don't have to be about the game we're talking about. They can be about any visual novel. We'll do our best to answer, even if we don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like part of the reason we didn't get any questions is because people don't know this game. And you should. This game is great. You should play it. It's buggy, though. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, just save a lot. Th- that was my problem. I'm the kind of person who doesn't save every three seconds, and it really bit me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's only... Maybe two or three different save spots, and they're spread out around the place. So you kind of have to put in an effort to get out and save, which might also contribute to that. It's my it's my new campaign for 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 use. Get out the save. <laughs> so <Lock> the save. <laughs> so um. Next time, we're going to be covering um, 428 Shibuya Scramble, which is a game that's relatively like a decade or two old. and Well, not two decades, but it came out around the 2000 situation. And, it, is um, two, it is from 2008. It was originally a Wii game in Japan. Yeah, and it only came out in the US in a translated version um, like last year. So it's interesting because there's actually a show that was a sequel that made its way to the U.S. before the game that it was a prequel to became available. I I think I just messed that up. Let me try that again. (laughs) There's a there was a show version of the of that series that was the sequel and that came out here before the game ever did. So I, I definitely saw some posts when I was looking up the game, I was like, wait a minute, I recognize some of these characters. So, hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anyone had experience with that show. And uh, I have playing an FMV adventure game. I Playing an FMV visual novel slash adventure game sounds like a blast. So we'll see how it goes. So uh, I found out just now that the um the Wii's like you know how Nintendo like they have like the greatest hits thing right I forget what they call it like Nintendo Selects is yeah. that it I think um, maybe in Japan they were called everyone's recommendation selection <laughs> that's <laughs> a good name which is yeah it's a great name and this was one of them so everybody recommends this one apparently okay. Uh, the one thing I do want to add is we've been pretty good about staying on monthly schedule, despite saying we weren't going to do that anymore. That's not going to be true for this game. <laughs> yeah. Nope. This is a long nope. one, and I'm also in the middle of a big RPG from either Game Club podcast, so it's going to probably be uh, probably two months at least. So apologies to everyone listening. Oh, man. Abnormal Mapping is finally covering Final Fantasy XIV. I'm so excited. Uh, Chrono Cross, actually, which I oh, think I'd rather be playing Final Fantasy fourteen given the first couple hours of Chrono Cross. Um, I mean, I hear that, but also, if you wanted to see all the story of Final Fantasy fourteen, um, 
I mean, if I wanted to see all the story of Final Fantasy fourteen, I would pull up videos on YouTube of the story of Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> it would still be longer than Chrono Cross. Yeah, probably. Just the videos. That game, uh, the main story of that game just goes forever. Uh, gets really good after the first, you know, 40 hours. <laughs> but... Oh, Final yeah. Fantasy thirteen. No, because Final Fantasy thirteen actually didn't get good, and that was a load of bullshit. <laughs> uh. So, um, why don't we do a little plugs near the end? Uh, where can people usually find you, Sex? Uh, well, they can find us mostly in the same place, which is going to be patreon.com slash scanlinemedia or scanlinemedia. But for me personally, I would recommend... Uh, at six Detmar on Twitter, um, and uh, hell, why not? I'll plug a sub account as well. If you like fighting game stuff, uh, at Fight Six, which is my account only for fighting game stuff, because I realized I was posting so much fighting game stuff on my main that I was annoying people. Hooray! Uh, I'll go next. You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Uh, you can find all of my podcasts at neuralmapping.com. Uh, where this podcast is hosted, you can go to readinggames.online to get to this podcast, of course. Tell your friends. Uh, it's a good URL. Um, if you want uh, my the podcast I guess I'm most famous for, uh, it's at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1, you get The Great Gundam Project, where we talk about Gundam every week. Uh, we are currently watching Victory Gundam and uh, Macross, the original SDF Macross. Nice. It's It's an aptly named project. <laughs> I, I it, recommend it. sure it. is. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty much in all the other places that Six mentioned. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts of Ultimate Despair Reprise, the uh, Danganronpa podcast. And uh, yeah, other than that, all my writing is on Scanline Media. And my anime podcast with Six, Oops All Anime, is on Patreon.com slash Scanline Media. And I'm at JBU3 on Twitter. We got like I imagine people who are who are patrons will see it, but we got a poll going on right now for our our is it anime, which is like honestly it's one of the best pitches we've ever come up with, which is we're going to watch two quote unquote analogs and compare them like the uh so for one of the poll options for instance is the uh like Japanese World War Two like espionage thriller anime Joker game, and we're gonna watch that alongside Totally Spies. And compare and contrast them. It's going to be very fun. There are other options like that. Yeah, it'll be an interesting time for sure. <laughs> so if you're if you're a five dollar plus patron, or if you want to be, vote. Get out the vote. <laughs> and I guess that's going to do it for us. Until next time, uh, we'll see you later. Peace. Bye.